0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to All Things Billy. I'm your host, Michael Anthony Giudicisi. Thanks so much for joining me whenever you might be (laughs) enjoying this podcast or not enjoying it, whatever. If you listen to hate, hey, go for it. At least you're listening. Today we're going to do a regulators roundup. That is, there are a lot of uh, lesser-known regulators, and we're going to talk a little bit about each of them and uh, see if we can find out anything that would help us uh, understand them. There's not a lot of information on many of these guys. And th- the reason is that there's not a lot of uh, information on almost all of them. I mean, even you look at a guy like Dick Brewer and you could write, you know, three or four paragraphs and be done with what we really know about him. So uh, some of the the regulators that played a shorter, uh, had a shorter duration in the war, um, or were killed sooner. There just wasn't a ton of info. Um, And so we'll talk about those. This came about because somebody asked for a, uh, an episode on Dirty Steve Stevens. And I started looking into Dirty Steve and I asked some people who would know, and they essentially said, there ain't a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's not much to know about Dirty Steve or there might be lots to know, but there's not a lot of information out there. And so, uh, you know, good luck finding it is basically what they said. So, I mean, there's a little on on some of these guys, but uh, we'll just talk about them, have a little fun. Um, if you're not into having fun, then you shouldn't be here. You probably should <laughs> go somewhere else. But if you are, you want to uh, laugh along, then uh, by all means do that. Before we take a break, uh, thank all of you who have watched the final trial of Billy the Kid and uh, got some uh, new, oh, wow, I need a new tab here on my web browser because I don't want to lose anything. Um, uh, Some uh, new reviews, so uh, thank you for those. Uh, Here's a brand new one from uh, my buddy James Townsend, and you might go, well, wait, he's your buddy. Uh, So, well, I mean, I I asked everybody to be honest. (laughs) This one's on Amazon. This film places the claims of Brushy Bill and John Miller and the question of what happened at Fort Sumner In July of 1881, into the context of a modern courtroom setting where all evidence is held up to rigorous legal scrutiny. Uh, I would agree only in that the only disagreement is not exactly a modern courtroom setting, more modern, you know, 50s, 60s type of vibe. But other than that, yes. I found it to be quite entertaining, well acted, and faithfully faithfully representing claims on all sides. Particularly enjoyable for me were the performances of Ryan Knudsen as prosecuting attorney Carvin Aldean and Thomas Fears as Brushy Bill. I recommend this to anyone with an interest in Billy the Kid. Well, I recommend it to anyone with an interest in anything. But uh, thank you, James. And Ryan and Thomas have been singled out a number of times for their performances. Ryan as the fictional attorney Carvin Aldean and uh, Thomas Fears as Brushy Bill um, both uh, did a spectacular job. And, you know, here's the thing when you have a cast of, if you exclude the jurors for a moment, you have a cast of seven people, one of which leaves early on in the trial in the first 10 minutes or so. So you really have a cast of six people. There's nowhere to hide from an actor's standpoint, right? If you're an actor in any, you know, play, film, TV, when you've only got six people and those six people are in essentially the same space for the entire film, uh, you know, there's you can't hide a bad performance and I don't think there was any. So uh, kudos to all, but uh, congratulations, Ryan and Thomas. If you'd like to watch the film, easy to do. Go to Amazon and look for The Final Trial of Billy the Kid. Streaming in the U.S. and U.K. now. If you're anywhere else in the world, or if you're even in the U.S. and the U.K. and you don't like Amazon, (laughs) then you can stream it on Vimeo, dot ocom Search for The Final Trial of Billy the Kid. Uh, Leave a review, please. Be really helpful. And uh, that's great. So we're going to come back with our Regulators Roundup, and we'll do that, right? After this. We're back. Before I forget some upcoming show notes, I better tell you now. Um, We have uh, two interviews coming up uh, with two returning guests. So they must have enjoyed themselves enough (laughs) to come to say yes again. Uh, First will be David Thomas, who's the author of Billy the Kid's Grave, and he gave us a great interview Uh, earlier this year. Well, David's going to come back and talk about his book, uh, The Trial of Billy the Kid, uh, with uh, transcripts behind the scenes, uh, little known or unknown information about Billy the Kid's trial in Mesilla, New Mexico, that led to him being sentenced to hanging by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Of course, that didn't really happen that way. Uh, But David has agreed to come on. And so I'm looking forward to that. And then another David, David Turk, who uh, uh, also uh, was on the show and was the author of the book Here Lies Billy the Kid, which was the, just to me anyway, fascinating story of the fight, uh, the Lincoln County War 2.0, I called it, the fight over Billy's remains and trying to move them back to Lincoln, etc. cetera. Uh, David has a book uh, called The Blackwater Draw and uh, talking about uh, – Morton Baker, uh, William McCloskey killed in the Blackwater Draw, the first uh, multiple killing, I guess, uh, of the Lincoln County War, and really the very first retaliation for the killing of John Tunstall. Uh, And uh, there was an investigation out there, a forensic investigation. David's going to talk to us about that, talk to us about what happened. I've got so many questions, so we'll be doing those over the next few weeks. And if you, you, listening right now, have an interesting Billy the Kid story, if you're a long lost relative of Billy the Kid, if you have a photograph of Billy the Kid, if you speak to Billy the Kid through some, uh, I don't know, spirit medium and you want to come on and tell your story, I want to talk to you. Uh, I will uh, give you a fair um, uh, place to, uh, a fair and safe place to tell the story. doesn't mean I'll agree with everything, but we'll interview you and you can get it out there. The way to do that, simply email me at billythekid.com. Rides again at gmail.com or just go over to Twitter at btkrides and leave a message there and uh, we'll uh, find a time to interview you online via Zoom and hear what you've got to say. All right. So let's get to our regulators roundup. I have this list now realizing that there was a, a contingent of Hispanic regulators that, uh, you know, reported to uh, a different um uh, kind of a different captain. They didn't They didn't ride under the color of Dick Brewer. They were not deputized officially. Uh, but these are the uh, the kind of core group of regulators. So I'm going to read them to you. Some of these we've gone over already. Obviously, one is Billy the Kid, Charlie Bowdry, Richard Brewer, Henry Brown, I've heard about, Roscoe Rustling Bob Bryan. I mean, we're going to talk about that because that one doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Jose Chavez, E. Chavez. Frank and George Coe, Big Jim French, William McCloskey. um, And here it says traitor against the group, according to the kid in McNabb. Uh, That's not exactly what I remember. Uh, Frank McNabb, who was the second leader, killed. John Middleton, Tom Folliard, Ignacio Gonzalez, Tom Peterson, Vicente Romero, Yino Eno, Salazar, Ab Saunders, John Scroggins. Doc Skurlock, Tiger Sam Smith. Now that is a cool, very cool name. Tiger Sam. My son's name is Sam. Maybe I'll start calling him that. Matt Steiny Steinmuller, and that just sounds like a college nickname. Like, hey, Steiny. Uh, Dirty Steve Stevens, Fred Wait, Bob Widman, Francisco Zamora, and so that is the uh, the known members throughout the uh, what four-month campaign of the regulators, uh, February, March, April, May, June, no, five-month war that the regulators participated in. And a lot of those names, there's really really almost nothing recorded. But let's talk about Dirty Steve first. Why not? (laughs) Since that's what people wanted to talk about. Again, almost nothing at all to go on. Uh, Dirty Steve made famous in the Young Guns movies played by Dermot Mulroney and, uh, you know, really good character portrayal of a guy who would be named Dirty Steve, Uh, you know, spitting tobacco, always dirty, clothes look kind of disheveled and unkempt. Um, But uh, he had some memorable lines in the, uh, in the film and uh, Dirty Steve uh you know was was a very popular character not so much the real dirty Steve in the Lincoln County War he he was at the Blazers Mills gunfight we know that from testimony from uh Dr. Blazer and others that were there. So he he was there. He participated in that. Uh, but we don't really have a ton of other documentation of which battles he participated in. But on a tip from Brandon Dixon, he said, Hey, I don't, I don't think that there's much about the guy, but I saw this thing where you could buy his gun rig, dirty Steve's and maybe look that up and see if there's any other info there. So I found this very cool company called Western leather holster. Well, the the website is Western leather And, uh, looks like the name of the company is Chisholm's Trail Old West Leather Makers, and they are in Georgia, Georgia, USA. Um, and they've got just if you go to the website, there's so many. They, they recreate historical holsters. So here's Dirty Steve's gun ring, gun rig. Uh, so here it is. Um, Pals, Dirty Steve Stevens was known, was a known running buddy of Billy the Kid and the Lincoln County Regulators who fought against the Santa Fe ring of big ranchers. Okay, and that's partially true, so we'll leave that. Stevens was present at the Blazers Mill gunfight along with, that should be Blazers Mills, uh, along with Billy the Kid. Dirty Steve survived many known gunfights in New Mexico. Okay, I mean, we don't know anything about that and told his buddies in 1878 that he was heading for Denver and he was never heard from again. So what we know about Dirty Steve is that he was a regulator. He was one of the original uh, core group of regulators. He uh, did absolutely participate in the Blazers Mills gun battle, which would have been uh, the 4th, April the 4th. And uh, that's when Buckshot Roberts was killed, uh, Middleton wounded, et cetera, Dick Brewer killed. And in 1878, at some point, whether he sticks around for the rest of the Lincoln County War or not, he says, I'm going to Denver. Uh, Denver was a pretty popular escape, or at least Colorado. The Coes went there for some period of time before reestablishing themselves in the Hondo Valley. And uh, Dirty Steve went there. And that was kind of it. Now, I don't think he signed his uh, signature as dirty Steve, <laughs> dirty Steve Stevens. Maybe everything he touched got really dirty. Like, uh, who's that? Is it Linus on, uh, on Charlie Brown? Or, oh, no, Pigpen. Yeah. So maybe he was kind of like Pigpen in that when he touched something, a big cloud of dust settled on that. So you might be able to find something he signed, but if a guy named Steve Stevens or Stephen Stevens, and he's got the S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, probably less popular spelling of Stevens, there should be some way. Like he had to do something in Colorado to be able to track him, but I don't know what that is. Uh, His gun and holster rig serviced in Eloy, Arizona recently and has the provenance with it. So somehow, Dirty Steve, uh, his gun rig survives, and not just the gun rig, but the the holster itself. And I'm looking at the picture now. I'm going to blow it up a little bit here. It certainly looks like it's you know 150 years old. It's a pretty standard belt. It looks like on the. It's got a small number of uh, uh, loops to hold additional rounds, maybe 10, but it doesn't go all the way around the belt. The holster itself is a double loop style. I think that's what it's called. And here, let me see if they tell you exactly what it's called. Yeah. uh, The set consists of a right hand, seven and a half inch colt, single action, double drop loop holster with a high arch top. All pieces have an edge groove. Oh, I was wrong. The wide gun belt has no bullet loops, and the sewn-on tongue and buckle ends are held together with a Civil War-style black Japanned roller buckle. The leather appears to be walnut in color. And if you want to buy a recreation of Dirty Steve's rig without the gun, you can from Chisholm's Trail you know, leather... Uh, what's yeah? I want to get it right. Chisholm's Trail Old West Leathermakers, you can buy the exact rig that Dirty Steve Stevens had And that actually sounds about right. And it doesn't sound ridiculous to me. Um, It sounds like a fair deal. Holster, belt, and buckle. The gun you'll have to get on your own. Um, This is really, really worn. Like here's, I have a picture of the original here that I'm looking at. And the belt is, uh, you know, cracked and kind of dry rotted. Um, It sure looks like there are ammo loops there, but I can only see it from the inside. So I'm going to guess not. And, uh, yeah, the holster very, very well worn. It certainly doesn't appear. And I'm not a, uh, <laughs> I'm not much of a shootist, but it doesn't appear like any sort of quick draw rig like the the hammer, the, uh, half of the, uh, the trigger guard, um, the cylinder, everything is way, way down in the holster. Really all that's, that's uh, protruding is about three quarters of the, uh, of the the uh the handle of the gun the grips i'm sorry of the gun uh but it does look very utilitarian it looks like something that somebody would have used every single day and uh i'd love to see the provenance on that but in any event you can have it you can have dirty steve's gun rig gun rig um for <clears throat> ninety it'll go with your replica or your original seven and a half inch barrel colt 1873. And you can find that on westernleatherholster.com. So Dirty Steve went to Denver. Did he ever meet Joe Antrim? As he was leaving, did Billy go, oh man, hey, you're going to Denver, huh? I got a brother up there, Joe Antrim. Yeah. Uh, Look him up and tell him I said, hey, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he probably told Billy and all the other guys where he was going. Did Billy even mention anything? Or did he think, ah, this guy's a mess. He's a pig. He stinks. He never showers. I'm glad he's leaving. I'm not gonna subject my brother to that. We just don't know. But that's uh that's one of the regulators. Uh and we're not gonna go through all of them, but uh Roscoe Rustling Bob Bryant was one that caught my eye on this list. Um, and he certainly was in the uh yeah, he's been recorded in history by Frederick Nolan in uh the Lincoln County war documentary history and the West of Billy, the kid as well as other authors. Um, But he was a member of the John Kinney gang. And it says here that the Lincoln County regulators were preparing an assault on, on the Chisholm's and alongside 40 men, including Roscoe Bryant all fought at the Chisholm war. Now, I don't really know that that makes a whole lot of sense to me because why would the regulators, I mean, Chisholm, yeah, maybe they, you know, Billy tried to take uh, some retribution on them. After the war, he thought Chisholm owed them money or thought he owed them support that he withheld. But why would they align themselves with John Kinney's gang who, it, it seems to me historically, were, you know, kind of out of the war, but when they were, they weren't on the side of the regulators. So how did Roscoe rustling Bob Bryant wind up considered a regulator? It says he uh, participated in the five-day siege of the McSween house. He was not one of the regulators inside. So I only could assume he was one of the <laughs> Dolan men outside. Uh, he was uh, murdered, killed. Uh, by members of Selman Scouts near Seven Rivers, New Mexico in September 1878. So he barely lived, maybe lived long enough to uh, hear that uh, Billy and the regulators had taken a picture over at Tunstall's Ranch and that Randy Gaharo owns it now. But uh, he did not last long after the war was over and his body was found near Reese Gobley, cool name, and James Irvin, And uh, that was... Um, that was the work of Selman's Scouts down at Seven Rivers. Reese Gobley, that is a cool name. If you're writing a uh, Old West book, Billy the Kid film, you know, any any sort of Western, I suggest you use that name. I like it a lot. So there is Roscoe Rustling Bob Bryant. And uh here's a it's not a photograph of him. It looks like a well, it says a portrait. Maybe it is. There's no uh birth date. If this is him, he's He looks like he's well into his, man, he may may have had a rough life. (laughs) I mean, he could be 50s or 60s, pretty weathered face, good head of hair, though. And uh, yeah, I don't, uh, he was not a young man, at least not based on this picture here. So anyway, there you go, Rustling Bob. So, I mean, the name pretty much says it all, right? (laughs) Like, you know. if they call you rustling Bob, you don't have a lot of other career choices, right? If you get a face tattoo, it's not likely you're going to be president of the United States just because it's probably not as accepted and voters are going to judge you based on that. If your name is rustling Bob, you may not get a job as, I don't know, a candy striper in a hospital or something like that. So (laughs) there you go. All right. So there's a couple, we're going to go over a few more of the uh, Regulator Roundup, and we'll do that right after this. And we're back with the Regulators Roundup. How about Ab Saunders? What do you think? James Albert Saunders, known as Ab, a cousin of the Coes, George and Franco. And... uh Ab was uh known for uh being wounded pretty severely during the Lincoln County War. Um, he joined the Coes in Colfax County, New Mexico, 1875. Uh, their intent was to uh settle there and build a ranch together. And uh the Coes uh you know wound up moving their operation closer to Lincoln, and uh there you go. So um, Ab Saunders was uh, fighting on the side of the regulators during the Lincoln County war after the gunfight at Blazers mills. Brewer was killed and Frank McNabb is elected to, as the uh, leader, the next leader of the regulators on April 29th. So we're talking about three and a half weeks after the, uh, the Blazers Mills gunfight. You, you'll see how short of a run that McNabb had. <clears throat> uh, on their way to the co-ranch, Frank Co., Frank McNabb, Ab Saunders stop off at the Fritz Ranch uh, on their way to the Co-Ranch to rest. They're ambushed by members of the Seven Rivers Warriors, and McNabb is killed. Uh, As you know, as I remember, you know, dismounting their horses, trying to climb up to, uh, you know, some uh, defensive position in the high ground. McNabb is killed. Saunders, Ab Saunders, shot through the hip, pretty badly wounded. And Frank Coe captured Uh, because he was injured so badly, they just left Saunders behind. George Coe, the next day, thinking that his brother had been killed and uh, he knew that uh, Ab Saunders was wounded, uh, that's when he uh, shot and killed Dutch Charlie Kruling in Lincoln. And uh, there were a number of other men, seven members, uh, Seven Rivers men that were killed in Lincoln that day. John Galvin, Tom Green, Charles Marshall, Jim Patterson. The regulators were blamed. However, and this, here, this is interesting, it's believed that they possibly were just killed by other Seven Rivers members like they fought amongst themselves as the gang had a lot of infighting. Saunders is now just starting recovery from that severe hip wound. And uh, he does not fight again with the regulators. The regulators take their revenge for that shooting on May 15th, 1878, when they go to Seven Rivers, and that's when they kill Manuel Segovia Indian. They believe he's the guy that shot and killed McNabb, so somebody else in that Seven Rivers gang Shot Saunders unless Segovia was a master with the Winchester um, and uh as the war winds down, Ab Saunders <clears throat> is well enough to resume his life, but he does not take part in any other battles of the Lincoln County War, and he uh moves with the Co brothers to Colorado. if you remember, they pull out. Uh, after the war is over, essentially, when Billy takes over the what's left of the regulators, the Coes say, "Hey, this is this is not a good idea," and we're out of here. And they go to Denver uh, or to Colorado. They do come back, but they don't come back with Ab Saunders because after going to Colorado with his uh, cousins, Ab Saunders goes to San Francisco, California, uh, to get some medical attention because of the wound. He's got complications from it. And Saunders dies, though, during surgery on February 5th, 1883, at the age of 31. Uh, So he lives another five years, almost five years after the uh, Lincoln County War, but in uh, pretty constant pain and having complications from a pretty ghastly wound. And you wonder how many of these regulators that were wounded suffered similar fates. They made it out of the war, but, you know, medical care in those days was clearly not what we have today. Sometimes you'd have that lead poisoning for the rest of your life, right? That bullet's in there, it moves around, it continues to make things painful. Um, And so uh, I'm sure there were other guys on both sides of the conflict that wound up, you know, having to get some medical care to try to relieve their pain and suffering later on. And uh, some of them probably did not make it. But Ab Saunders, another uh, regulator, makes it out of the war, but really doesn't make it out alive. M- Michael Dante, uh, if you if you don't know who Michael Dante is, he's a... Wow, well, I can't believe they don't have a picture of him in here uh, on Wikipedia. So Michael Dante is a very well-known uh, West uh, actor in Westerns and he played the part of Ab Saunders in the 1958 episode The Deserters in the series Colt 45. Now, I don't know that The Deserters, it doesn't look like anything here. Laura Meadows is a character, a fur trader. It doesn't look like anything to do with that has anything to do with Billy the Kid. So, how they picked Ab Saunders out of history unless it's, you know, his uh, Colorado days. I don't know but michael dante look him up uh, pretty well known he uh, does a lot of the kind of uh, film festivals and old uh, west like events shows auctions etc and he's written a number of books that i've seen as well um, that uh, he played ab saunders back in 1958 of all people ab saunders who would have thought don't know so we're going to come back we're going to take a look at another couple regulators before our roundup runs its course And we'll be right back for that right after this. Back with the regulator roundup. And it's time for the youngest regulator. Maybe not true. Enyo Salazar. Now, there's a lot of uh, discrepancy about his birth, but there's a lot of discrepancy about (laughs) many people's birth uh, that were born At that time, because the record keeping just wasn't, there were no computers. And uh, well, actually, I I guess I take that back. There were computers. A computer was a job, right? Uh, If you watch the movie, uh, oh gosh, what was the movie about the women who did all the calculations for NASA? Uh, They were computers. Um, The uh, first person to uh, establish the height of Mount Everest, and this was back, gosh, early 1900s, God, maybe even late 1800s was a computer, uh, but uh, not the words that we, uh, not the same way that we use the word now. Um, so records were scarce, and we've got uh, Inyo Salazar, born February 14th, 1858. Valentine's Day. I thought, I, I wish they would have named him Valentine or Valentino Salazar. My son Samuel was born on February 17th, but was due on the 14th. And I wonder if we would have named him Valentino Giudicisi. That would have been a cruel twist of fate (laughs) besides Samuel. Uh, So um, born in Valencia County, New Mexico, uh, just right here, just uh, south of the Albuquerque area. Now, this is where it gets tricky because uh, one of uh, Salazar's descendants says, nope, his tombstone is incorrect. He's born in 59. You have his siblings incorrect. His mother never married after her husband died. you took over the family at the age of nine. He and Billy were very musically inclined, as Billy loved to sing and dance, and did so in Spanish and English. So I don't know exactly when Inyo was born. We do believe he was born in Valencia County, and it was either February 14th, 1858, or within a year and a half of that. If it was later in 59, he certainly could have been the youngest regulator, but we don't even know how old Billy was, but you can tell that these guys were close in age. And uh, so they probably became uh, well-acquainted with each other. Um, I saw, I found this uh, interesting little bit that uh, Angel learned to play the fiddle. Uh, where was he? At a young age, he learned to play the fiddle and was hired to play a dance at Fort Stanton and I want to get you the uh the exact paycheck because do 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 gosh where did it go? Stand by standby. I think he got fifty bucks for playing the dance. And that's a that's a lot of money for that's like a month's pay uh for you know a, a cowboy I think at those uh at those times, fifty bucks is a lot of scratch. And uh you get that for one night, and you learned how to play the fiddle when he was little and hired to play a dance at Fort Stanton was paid fifty dollars for doing it. Now I gotta tell you, I'm a musician. I mean, I, I profess to be a musician and I get paid to go play at places, so I guess I am and uh, well, you you certainly make more than fifty bucks, or at least I do, because I don't play <laughs> places where they don't pay you. But there's lots of gigs today where you can't make fifty bucks, and there's musicians that'll go take them. So to get fifty dollars for playing the fiddle at Fort Stanton back when you're you know a, a young man is that's that's insane. I'd like to see that there was some citation for that, but I think it will uh, amount to. Just oral history handed down. But think about it, you know, in your rides with the uh, the regulators, and you know because he's in Lincoln County he gets caught up in it, but if a guy can make fifty bucks for working play two dances a month, a hundred bucks a month, and you're a you're a king in Lincoln County. I mean that's well more than the regulators were being paid and unless you really suck as a fiddler, nobody's shooting at you. So anyway, That's a a little bit on the life of Inyo Salazar. So he is shot, escaping the McSween house. And he's shot pretty badly in the back shoulder. He's the one, if you remember the story, that pretends to be dead. He's alive. And as Dolan's men come through the yard to check the spoils, um, he plays dead. Somebody kicks him at one point, which had to be... Unbelievably painful with two bullets in you, and somebody's about to shoot him again. And uh, one of the other uh, Dolan guys said, oh, Don't waste a bullet on that greaser. In other words, he's already dead. Don't shoot him again. Keep your bullets. He crawls uh, a half mile away to his sister in law's house and is eventually treated by Dr. Appel, who's the doctor at Fort Stanton and makes a recovery I mean a full and complete recovery so we we just talked about uh you know those um those regulators or anybody in the war that got shot and suffered later from it it appears Inyo didn't suffer all that much it appears he was able to you know get nursed back to health and live a long and prosperous life this story gets a little uh, convoluted when you talk about the escape from Lincoln of Billy the Kid because one of the stories is that billy flees uh, <laughs> flees uh to enio's home and uh salazar you know gives him some food and water i think helps him off with the last of his leg irons and uh you know as uh, billy makes his way out and then goes to Fort Sumner, but John Meadows also said that Billy stops with him, and there was at least one other person that said he did. It, they could all be true. He could have you know spent a little time uh, in each, but uh, we just don't have, there's no proof of that. Okay. Uh, so, Enyo uh, gets married later in life to uh, Isabel, and the date of the, because of some census discrepancies, the date of the the wedding is not exact. He's not in the 1885 territorial census. But somewhere between 1896 and 1898, he marries Isabel, who's born in 1865, so she's so oh, six years younger. And there's a daughter listed in the census, Pilar, but she's 18 years old in the 1900 census and uh, could be, but if they're not married until 1896 or 98, they couldn't have an 18 year old daughter in 1900, but Pilar could, and she did, uh, probably second marriage. Uh, Inyo, uh lives in Lincoln County until his death. He uh, He's a farmer and he dies January 7, 1936. His grave is famously in the bigger, you know, the, uh, I don't want to call it the original, but the bigger Lincoln County Cemetery, the one right there on the main road. And uh, his grave is very easy to find. I can see it in my mind's eye. And his headstone reads, pal of Billy the Kid. You look at that uh, date of death, 1936, and of course you have to ask, did Walter Noble Burns approach Inyo Salazar? Did he interview him for his book? What things was he told? Could he have been told? Could he have learned about Billy? What could we have learned about the escape and what happened thereafter? I just don't have that information in front of me, so there you go. But, that's Inyo Salazar, definitely a pal of Billy the Kid, although not portrayed as one of his, uh, you know, kind of closest personal friends, I guess. Uh, got a picture here of the uh, headstone where he and Isabel are buried. She lives on until 19... Gosh, it's hard to tell. Uh, the, the picture is not fabulous, yeah, I can't tell. She may have died a year before he did. 1935, it could be. But uh, lovely gravestone that's been set. The, the These were some of the graves that were covered in concrete. And then it's been just broken and cracked and, you know, pushing up all over. But the the uh, the tombstone is very well kept. And it uh, looks like they are buried side by side for all eternity. Inyo Salazar, the youngest regulator. So there you go for that. Another one of Billy's pals and the list here is long, but <clears throat> there are some guys here where there's literally almost, or there's no information. Tiger Sam Smith, who was at the Blackwater draw. Matt Steiny Steinmuller, who I've never, ever heard of, but I love the name. Francisco Zamora, Dirty Steve Stevens, Vicente Romero, Tom Peterson, McCloskey, which we'll get into when we talk to David Turk. About the Blackwater draw, I'm particularly interested in what happened to McCloskey. As in, you know, do we think he was a traitor? Do we? Th- How did he get killed? The story was that I think Morton grabbed McCloskey's pistol and killed him with it. But but McCloskey was the only one friendly with Morton and Baker. So why would they kill their best chance of somebody standing up for them? Doesn't make an, a lot of sense. Uh, Ignacio Gonzalez. Another one that uh really never heard much about. So quite a few guys to to uh you know to work your way through here, but not a lot of not a ton of information uh about them. The one guy that's interesting is uh Fred Waite. And uh Frederick Tecumseh Dash is his uh, middle name, Wait. And gosh, if you've seen his picture, if he doesn't look like uh Tom Selleck in Magnum PI. God, I don't know who did. In fact, in my Back to Billy series, Fred Waite's in there. And my modern day time traveling guy, Martin Tebes, starts calling him Magnum because he looks so much to me. Anyway, he looks so much like Tom Selleck. Uh, but uh, Fred Waite uh, obviously does take part in the uh, uh, the Lincoln County War. It was said by Billy that he uh, he and Fred Waite were holding some land that they were hoping to open a ranch on before the inception of the war. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Waite was very likely one of the uh, men who was involved in the ambush of Sheriff Brady. And he was there, the killing of Buckshot Roberts. Uh, Waite was indicted two federal arrest warrants and he heads back to uh Indian territory which would have been Oklahoma and that um that would put him beyond the reach of the US law and I'm assuming beyond the reach of the US marshal service I don't I think they they would not have any jurisdiction there and they probably would not have uh you know, been been welcome there as well. Uh, Waite uh, becomes a senator in the Chickasaw Nation government. While serving as a representative, he's elected by other members of Speaker of the House for three uh, sessions. And he was appointed as Attorney General of the Chickasaw Nation. Attorney General. And while in this position, he died of rheumatism, September 24, 1895, the rheumatiz. And uh, so uh, Fred Waite, born September 23, 1853, and dies at age 42 in 1895. Didn't have a long life. And I wonder if he ever made it to Hawaii with his Ferrari 308 and got to... uh, solve some mysteries and then, you know, run along the beach with some scantily clad bikini girl because he should have, if he didn't. But the good pal of Billy, the kid, uh, I would say based on what I've read, one of, uh, Billy's closest, if not his closest friend early in the tenure of the regulators and then supplanted only by Tom Folliard later in the war when Tom comes up from Texas. So dash weight, but I uh, I uh, proclaim him to be Magnum Frederick Tecumseh Magnum weight, and I wish that uh, that going forward you would all refer to him as that as well, or Selick Frederick Tecumseh CELIC weight. Uh, any one of those would work just fine for me. <laughs> all right, so that's probably enough regulator roundup for uh, for one day. Um. You can find a a lot of this information as you, as I have found most of these little uh, clips on uh, Wikipedia. And the the best thing I've seen to do is when you find that, you know, you find the page you want, then go look at the citations and references, and then you can click over to there, right? So rather than just reading Wikipedia, which, you know, it's, it's user contributions, so it's not always very accurate. But if you can click on the source material, uh, you can sometimes get a little bit, a uh, little bit better information there, or at least see where it's derived from. Um, and uh, there you go. So, uh, some interviews coming up. Again, if you're, if you've got something to say about Billy the Kid, and you can say it coherently, that's important. <laughs> Being honest with you, you have to be able to make a coherent sentence with, you know, a beginning and an end and you can't run on for 20 minutes because people will tune out, they may have tuned out on me already. Um, then y- if you can do that, you can absolutely be a part of the podcast. And, uh, I'm going to give you a, a, a wide open safe forum to tell your story. I'm going to ask you questions. Some of them might not be easy. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. And tell us what you know about Billy, the Lincoln County war, any of the regulators or, uh, or seeing Fred Waite in a pair of uh, flowered swim trunks running along Waikiki Beach at some point <laughs> in the uh, in the past. But until then, I am Michael Anthony Giudice for All Things Billy. Hey, go watch the movie, please. The final trial of Billy the Kid. Give it a rating, ranking, or review on Amazon. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, reviews are better than none. And uh, yeah, just be honest. I, I can take it. But I appreciate you and we'll see you next time on All Things Billy.